0: you got to question everything. I mean, I'm not saying you have to debunk everything or try to argue everything, but you have to question everything at this point. That's it. Welcome to the common sense theory, baby. Common sense, that's all we ask. Let's go! All right. Well, here I am. Thanks for joining us. This is the Common Sense Theory Podcast, and I've got my wife on today. Woohoo! Yeah.
1: It's kind of fun being in your office at our dining room table. Yeah, you like that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Pandemic office.
1: Oh, yeah. Sweet setup. Yeah.
0: So um, the topic today is kind of how generally the topic is how the pandemic affected families. Um, We initially started this by saying children, but you rightfully said let's incorporate the family because that was kind of... It wasn't just the kids that were affected, obviously. It was also us and us as a family with the kids. So um, let's just start with the general question. How do you – what's your overall vibe of how the pandemic affected the kids in the short term and the long term?
1: So I – I guess we could talk about this in three different dimensions. We could talk personal and and then social kind of like zooming out what I see in our community. And then I can also talk on a professional level since I treat uh, marriage and um, I'm a marriage and family therapist. And so I've got kind of a unique perspective to what's going on behind the scenes um, of people that are really struggling. So
0: let's start with socially,
1: socially, so socially, um, think it's been just tragic what's happened to a lot of kids and families uh there's you know there's well for some people it's been actually kind of a win i know i've talked to those rare people who feel like you know they're commuting less they're getting to stay at home with their young kids and that's been kind of a gift but i think for most of us it's been a very challenging time of patients getting tested, of kids having to adapt and pivot, um, not always understanding exactly what's going on. I feel like the schools don't understand exactly what they're enforcing at every time, the um, education Quality has been super tough, and all of those things affect us socially. And so there's been just a lot of shutting down, going to screens, um, isolating. Uh, They got in the habit of isolating, and I think that that stuck, and then I think it's been a real challenge for the kids socially when they've struggled at school. There's been a lot of changes of schools, especially in our community. I noticed so many people have gone private or their kids struggled at one school and now it's shifted to a different. And so a lot of kids have, were already having trouble keeping up with their friends and then that just got even harder.
0: Yeah, that affected social scenarios big time for our neighbor, especially our neighborhood because a lot of the kids that were in school together branched off and didn't even just go to the same private school there was a thread of private schools to choose from and they kind of split out
1: yeah it really did it's been tough I I, and, and I feel like really blessed that we've kind of managed and it hasn't affected us um in the same way that I've seen it affect some of our friends or you know neighbors kids yeah But yeah, I think it's been an incredible two years of extreme patience um, and just resilience.
0: Yeah, and we even, even for us being tough, but we pretty early on decided to, I guess what they were calling pod with other families and we were traveling and um, keeping it, for for you and I, it became a, a very obvious kind of early scenario that their mental state was getting affected pretty heavily early so we chose to take the route of we didn't see a lot of kids getting affected um health-wise from it i guess like in our so we decided to take the mental state scenario a little bit sooner than some people in terms of potting and still traveling and going with other family well specifically one other family mostly to travel with and so they had a friend and kept a little bit of normalcy socially
1: absolutely and i think that that's one of the I am definitely maybe not right this second because it's kind of a transition, but I would love to touch on how the focus of the messaging has been strictly about vaccines and testing and how we've completely left off the messaging about all of the other ramifications of, of what this pandemic and the way that we've chosen to handle it has cost us. And that is serious stuff, very, very serious. And unfortunately, it's just not part of the conversation, so.
0: I have to stop us. All right, sorry, I had a little damage control with the animals. Um, what, yeah, so what you were saying is how the focus has been on vaccines as opposed to, and this is gonna take a huge toll mentally.
1: Yeah, I don't think we've began to um, understand what that means to our country or to the world as to how this is really going to affect our children. Yeah. Um, you can see it scholastically. They're struggling. Uh, I feel like there was a complete loss. Um, it, you know, I can speak to my own kids. They There's a loss of knowledge. There's a loss of that school year. It's And, and they're pretty good students. And I see it happening all over with, you know, clients and um, friends. And just the, the loss of knowledge is one thing. But the social aspect of like, you know, turning to their phones, turning to screens more, feeling isolated, not feeling like they've got the same outreach that they had before, less to do. Um, and then you, you, you take in all the people who have switched schools and going back and forth um, to different schools and just kind of the gaps, the, the gaps that are normal gaps of kids growing up have become exacerbated and so these these challenging things of hitting puberty or you know um going through awkward stages or just kind of you know entering into a new school and having those normal um challenges have become like where kids are completely shutting down
0: yeah and i think Even when they, like when they started doing Zoom, that just gave them more screen addiction to me. Like they were then on Zoom and then they wanted to get off and like that was school to them. So they were already on that screen and it was like the teachers were horrible at it. There was no training. There was no nothing. I remember even listening to some of the classes and our 12-year-old at the time turning around and being like, I mean, what is she talking about? She was just screaming at all the kids in the screen to listen and pay attention, and it became like this. Instead of nurturing, and that's kind of an issue that I have with like specifically here at the teacher's union, it became more about their union than about the kids, and I think that that's unfortunately the beginning. Like you said, be, they chose to focus on the vaccine and separation and figuring it all out instead of even worrying about the kids at all. And it's still kind of
1: like that. Yeah, that's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of juice in what you just said. So um, (laughs) uh, I'll just, just speaking to to part of that.
0: Keeping it along the social lines of what happens because we can move on to the, Personally and then professionally, sure, sure. Mixed
1: in, but. I, I mean, to to speaking just to the teachers, I know they did everything that they could. I feel like the teachers did a great job trying to deal with all the limitations of having their hands tied. They didn't know that. what was being told to them, and it was like so, such a difficult time for them because I, you know, when I talked to my friends that were teachers, the districts pretending like they're getting teaching them how to use these different yeah. tools and they weren't, it was just a farce. Like, so they're telling the parents that they're doing these things and then they're totally unequipped. So it was like herding cats and um, challenging, challenging time to be (laughs) really on any side of this. I mean, it doesn't matter what your job is. It is a tough time. Yeah,
0: and let's get specific about what you said is we have two specifically really good friends who are teachers and they said, we got an email from the district that said, we are teaching all of our teachers how to handle this, and, and we had dinner with them, and they were literally laughing in our about it and saying, they're not doing anything, and they're sending to the public, public, this message. We're doing everything we can, and the teachers were like, they literally haven't done anything to prepare us, and they told us. We don't even know how to handle this, so they were just sending out bullshit information to appease the parents when, in fact, it was just all bullshit.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: It's crazy. It is. Um, so getting to that also in terms of the continued relationship with our kids and socially, um, now we've lift the mask mandates, but they're still in school. And, um, one of our sons struggled in one class and then w- went to another class. And I remember I said, how's that class going? And the, the only thing he said was, um, well, I get yelled at all the time. And I was like, about what? He said, well, because my mask keeps dropping below my nose (laughs) because he has kind of a small head and the mask Mm -hmm. doesn't fit correctly. But I was like, so again, socially, even going into school, scholastics, that was what he took away from that class right now, two years later. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So um, I still think it's a it's an issue where and again, I'm getting a little bit off the social topic, but the the teachers, and again, most teachers we know really do care, but I think there are some that they've kind of lost sight of what this is all about. and Certainly don't care the most about the kids and how it's affecting them.
1: Yeah, I kind of, um, I see it like uh, as a bigger picture than that because I do see that the teachers, there's also been this messaging of fear And you've got some teachers that are older, and they're worried about their own safety. And they're not being taught that, for example, I remember that one teacher uh, in junior high who, you know, had four masks on and was basically in a hazmat suit behind plastic as if like, you know, speaking, and he wouldn't speak, as if speaking was going to be how you contract COVID. So it was like the lack of education, the fear of that. I mean, I felt sorry for the guy. He was definitely scared and scared to be doing his job. But they, you know, part of the the biggest issue I have is they were offered a place to go. They were offered this cloud teaching situation. And if they were really scared, they probably should have done that. But they were also threatened with like not being able to get their job back. So it's a tough situation just to like try and put it in a nutshell. I just feel like it's more complicated than that. But ultimately, the kids lose.
0: Yeah um, I guess my overall point was that it's still affecting them today. Oh yeah. And, and socially it's like, you know, our younger son's got like weird little scabs behind his ears from wearing a mask every day. And it's just a sad, it's, it's tragic that they didn't think about it sooner about how this would be so detrimental to their well being and how people couldn't see that coming sorely. Like not to say that we did, but I mean, really early on, we're like, "This is going to get fucking crazy. We need to, we need to keep their life as normal as possible."
1: Yeah, well, you can't look at development as a stopgap. It's certainly operates on a continuum. So any uh, setbacks in their developmental stages are going to be where they're operating from. And that's going to, you know, hopefully, like if there's intervention or there's people helping them, then they can kind of push through it. But for some, it's leading to further setbacks that then leads to more complications that then leads to like depression, anxiety, uh, OCD. We've got we're seeing a ton of that. I mean, there's a complete uptick in depression, suicidality, um, anxiety, certainly. And so you know, once you're, you're kind of going down that road, then addiction starts becoming a factor. Um, there's all sorts of problems, and we haven't equipped our kids with coping skills. And, um, and just really being able to help them manage something that they shouldn't have to be managing.
0: Yeah. So um, let's take that into, into how it affected us personally.
1: Well, I feel really lucky. I feel really blessed that we have the type of jobs that we have. Um, We are able to be at home and kind of pivot alongside of our kids, which a lot of other families don't have that ability to do. Um, So I feel like we're in a very unique spot. We were also very blessed with the age that our kids were at. They were self-sufficient enough that we didn't need to worry about what they were doing if they were off and running around. But they were also um, not at a pivotal place in life where like they were a senior going off to college. Um, So we were really in a sweet spot in a number of different ways with our kids. Um, And I think it's gotten easier, but that first year, 2019, 2020, that was such a struggle with just the lack of school, really. I mean, yeah. there was just, uh, the end of 2019, there was no school for three months. Then you went all through the summer, and then we came back into a situation where our elementary school child was going two hours a day so we had to figure out what the heck to do with them the rest of the day you know and of course you know the way that the screens operate now it's like a little dopamine machine and so they want to get on screens and i mean there's so many so many hours in a day that you can divert their attention keep them occupied take them you know everything was closed so you couldn't take them anywhere it's like you had to be outside coming up with activities and ideas i mean that was a challenge. Yeah. You know, and then to keep them engaged when they were on like Zoom for school, I I was, you know, they were, they're so crafty. Kids are so smart. I mean, I know most kids were, I, mean, I know cheating was going, running rampant with the older kids. Uh, younger kids were figuring out how to, you know, take a still of themselves and yeah. put it on Zoom. The fake Zoom screen. The fake Zoom so screen. I mean, Yeah, they were—they're pretty ingenuitive that way, but uh, they checked out. Well, understandably so.
0: Yeah, and I remember when this, because now that I'm thinking about it, our son was actually 11 when the whole pandemic hit because we weren't going to get him a phone until he was 12, Mm -hmm. and then the only way that he could communicate with his friends was on the headset playing Xbox. And remember, he was like, "That's right." oh my God, I can't, I I want to talk to my friends. I want to go play Xbox. And so we were struggling with the Xbox, but then we're like, that's the only way he can communicate with his friends. This is crazy. So then he'd get on and be like, hey guys, oh my God. You know, so we decided to get him a phone early. So before he turned 12, because of the pandemic, and then it became communicating. So that was their reality, which was crazy, is an Xbox game, which is probably Fortnite. And then they got their phones. So they felt like, When they got off the Xbox, their reality was their phone because then they could FaceTime each other, which is another screen. And then it was like, then they went to school on a screen and it really kind of multiplied very quickly in terms of the screen time, which is also why we're super lucky where we live. People decided to let their kids go outside and play together. And we were, I mean, maybe a month or two into the pandemic and more information was coming forward that the kids weren't getting sick and the kids weren't dying from this. So we... I feel extremely blessed that as a community, we all kind of all decided let's just let our kids run around and be together. And um, but I do think it even in that short amount of time where the communication through every type of communication other than your immediate family had to be through some kind of screen. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that affected us, it still affects me Like I blew up at the kids today because they woke up and wanted to play Xbox and they were watching their screen time. And, you know, initially we gave them an hour a day for games other than just the phone and texting. But then it's like Snapchat came into view and that's how they communicate. And we've had a lot of, I think I'm going to like 90% of our family disagreements or arguments are about screen time and phones. And that's, you know, I, I, completely exacerbated by the pandemic and what happened and them not being in person in school. And um, I think it became something that we felt we had to allow because also other families were allowing it, not that it was, you know, nobody knew the remedy or what what the correct scenario was. But I think, I don't think that we're going to be able to heal from that probably ever. I mean, because it became a staple of their, of their themselves i mean now the phone is part of them and they're 12 years old
1: well i i think we could do what we can to try and limit that and i think we certainly have in our house done what we can to try and scale that back but if you, that's why it's hard to look at this without looking at a family systems because you've got to look at like how does it affect you and i you know you and i are now home a lot more there's less there was less to do I mean, certainly now things are open back up, but you couldn't go to a movie, you couldn't go to restaurants, we couldn't go do anything. So you get conditioned to being and staying at home. Now there's no outlets for anyone to go blow off steam. Everyone's kind of like <laughs> bumping into each other yeah. in the hallway, and it's it's taxing. It's taxing to like try and have. Um, I mean, even a marriage is challenging in those situations. There's no, like, there's no escape, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I know that and that's the case of even though you and I are home a lot anyways because of the way we work from home a lot, um, their families are having to adjust to that. All the offices are shut down. So people who are going to the office at 5 in the morning, you know, working a finance job are now working from home. So that still hasn't changed. A lot of those people are still at home. And it's just really changed dynamics for families.
0: Yeah. And I know that we tried, we certainly put, and it's a lot of effort, and I can see why people, you know, throw their kids on an iPad 24-7 because we, we moved the ping pong table into the living room and we played a lot of board games. But it was like a lot of effort to keep the kids from just migrating to the... The metaverse. <laughs> yeah, it really was.
1: I mean, if you remember, it was also, we were coming up on summer of 2019 and our kids normally go to basketball camp and we had kind of heard enough about COVID at that time to know that it wasn't um, really affecting people when they were outside. So I organized all those basketball yeah, camps to go right, around yeah. our neighborhood it was really <laughs> quite funny but i was well, like they've got to have something to do so we uh, luckily knew a few basketball players that uh you know our nephew was uh, was able to uh, have a pretty sweet setup running around coaching all the different kids in the neighborhood so we we had to do like little pop-up you know basketball camps and, uh, and that continued on all through the next year i mean i was just kind of lucky that i had a lot of time to kind of oversee and manage you know and certainly work together as a team well that way but it was like if if we weren't hands-on and again i don't think most families can afford to be like that i can only imagine how much harder it would be and what more of a you know challenge it would be for the kids
0: yeah i I, and i think i remember now i'm remembering also organizing the flag football game Mm -hmm. because that used to take place with the schools But this, And this is, again, where it kind of wraps back in. It's like they already had realized that the transmission outside was really low. Kids weren't getting really sick. And the school still said, we can't do it. We can't do it because of bullshit policy. And we organized the whole thing, you mostly. And then we ended up setting it up. And all the kids came. All the kids played. Nobody got COVID. Nobody got sick from it. And it kept a little bit of normalcy, whereas... For me, like, you know, with the government and the schools and everything, they just, they refused to change. They refused to pivot. Like you were saying, you need to pivot, especially in a time like that where it was super obvious the kids were totally struggling. And you made a great extra effort to make sure that they kept those things that were supposed to happen in that year. And even though they were private, you know, privately organized, it wasn't the school, but it was like, why the fuck didn't the schools pivot? Why didn't? Why didn't we realize? We did realize, but why weren't? You know, and we're super lucky that as a community, the community came with us and you know had their kids involved in that, and um, and it gave them a little sense of normalcy. But then I look back on you know back east, and it's like I see people who hadn't left their houses for a year and a half, and those kids, and so we're actually on. The really, um, again, I feel blessed for our situation, the age that our kids were at exactly at that time. and um, But there was other families that were really struggling. Let's pause again. Mm-hmm. All right, we're back. And I just said to my wife, uh, it's kind of fun, right? And she goes, no, it's not my thing. <laughs> you're, you're doing a great job for it not being your thing. <laughs> I don't even like talking about COVID.
1: <laughs> this is like where the families have like really gone and rise because you want to talk about COVID all the time now and I don't want to talk about COVID at all. <laughs> well, it's, not I, it's not
0: that I want to talk about it. It's just like that's what it's...
1: You have uh, a podcast about it. Well, it's
0: not about COVID. <laughs> it's, not, it's not about COVID necessarily, but it, that's been the topic, you know. Sure. Of, the world and kind of the well. Last now you have a new one. Years. You could talk about
1: Ukraine.
0: I already did. Oh, my last one was about Ukraine. Oh, okay. I'll How the listen. timing is very interesting that we have this new war that just popped up three weeks ago when COVID's starting to subside and the and the fear is starting to go away.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So anyway, um, let's um, let's move into what you said. You know, breaking it down in terms of three different spots. So. Our family.
1: Do you want to... Sure. So so I think I covered our family, right? I I feel like our kids have been... You know, there's definitely been a loss of learning. They've definitely been on their screens more than I would like. Um, Well, Socially, I I feel like... There was some the transitions like from schools was a little challenging like that was definitely something that was a factor and they've lost some friends because they've had to go to different schools so they don't lost those friends but they're not as close as they would have been if they were in the same school so there's been some like having to deal with that but I think on the big scheme of things they have pivoted pretty well and Again, I think we were in a sweet spot with our kids. So personally, I think we got really lucky.
0: Yeah. I think that's where I was going before we took the dog break again. Like, we're in a very, our bubble is is really, to me, especially during this time, has been really special in the fact that um, we're very together and close-knit community and everybody was kind of on the same page for the most part in terms of keeping the kids, you know, uh, the normalcy as much as possible. Um, But um, like I was saying before, it's extremely tragic, and I'll I'll transition this into your professional aspect of the three that you broke down. Professionally, I know that you've seen a lot of kids that have suffered, um, but I can't even imagine, like, in the states where they've kept them, you know, not in school or they pulled them back out of school or you know the restrictions are much crazier than they are where we are um that's got to be i mean we're going to see this problem for a long time i think i in terms of the repercussions of what's gone on with the kids and, and you in terms of a psychologist what do you think is the the overall
1: <laughs> oh, I love that you gave me a doctorate degree, but I am not a psychologist. Just to clarify, I'm a therapist, but um, same, I do study psychology. So, and and from that perspective, I I see a lot of hardship. Um, I've had the blessings of being at a clinic which works with a, like a lower socioeconomic um, um, population um, to to provide affordable health care and I've also been at a private practice. So I've been working with like both ends of the pendulum there in regards to like the demographics of the kids. And I've worked with kids that are, you know, as young as five to, you know, high schoolers and even couples work and I'm seeing it just, uh, it's like fire if I, I don't know how else to to say it but it just feels like wildfire. Like one thing leads to the next and and it and it it's they've already got so much going on with a brain that doesn't finish developing until they're 24, 25 years old and you've just got, you know, these kids that are in puberty or going through an awkward stage or dealing with their parents' struggles and just, you know, having just the normal hard things for kids to navigate. And then you've got them isolated, learning on a platform that is not, you know, applicable to everybody's best learning I'm butchering my words here, but well, it's, it's not
0: conducive either to the people trying to teach on it. They don't no. need, they don't know how to teach on it, let alone the kids know how to learn on it, right? S- so Zoom.
1: So we've pulled the fun part out of school, which is the socialization, which is basically this is, you know, if you're talking about a kid that's kind of going through high school, their job the developmental stage is to stop relying on their parents for kind of their self esteem, self worth, kind of like bouncing things off of their parents. And their job is to navigate that in a social world, and that that becomes where they're looking to their friends for feedback and um, and and, and messaging, yeah. right? So if and that's kind of their job is to figure out how to navigate that world, and we've just pu- fully pulled them out of that and said no you're you're staying home you're doing you know the opposite of what you should be doing at this stage and then you throw them back into it and mask them up mask them up they're in a different place than they you know were 2 years before and it's awkward yeah and a challenge
0: well, and I think, too, in terms of socialization, they talk about the masks and that we we're talking about my younger son getting yelled at constantly in that class for his mask being off or whatever. And um, we have a friend who's in a private school, and that's one of the reasons they moved is they thought, because private school stayed in session while we were out. Um, we fought our district to get back in school sooner, so we did, which was great. But um, their biggest challenge right now is because they kept – the mask mandate that they're like fighting this mask mandate instead of the kid being able to just go to school and learn or enjoy himself. And it's, and we're seeing that all over the place. Like I said, with our son and it's like there, it's still an issue that's going to be lasting for a huge, a long amount of time that who knows, you know, it's a hypothesis of how long or whatever. But I know that the other day when we, I was talking to you in the living room, and I was like, hey, oh, my God, they're they're lifting the mask mandate for everybody but schools. And our son goes, came running in with a super, you know, he's more excited than I've seen. Oh, my God, we don't have to wear masks at school anymore. And we're like, no, sorry, buddy. It's everywhere but schools. And, and he was, you know, like genuinely kind of devastated by that.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense.
0: But- I mean even on his basketball team they have to wear them but it's around their chin and it's just like but it's still like the, the just are you seeing that something like that cuz I know there's there's different there's we've got other friends who are like look my kid doesn't mind the mask it's fine it's like well it's been two fucking years and you think that that's normal
1: I'm not really saying that, actually, like in regards to my professional life. um, I know that there's a lot of people that are upset about that, and I do see that it's very irritating, but that's not, I think the problems are so much more extreme than people masking up, Um, so, uh, you know, it's it's, it's like a much more complicated problem, so that's not.
0: Well, my point really being in masking is like when you communicate, you were saying the kids are supposed to be taking this time to learn to navigate themselves right really mm-hmm. and, and and at different that's our kids in their age um, but the younger kids communicate communication I guess is my main point on this and trying to take school socially and move forward and it's really hard to do that when half your face is covered and you're being yelled at to keep it covered constantly um, you know I know that our son got yelled at in, in class specifically because his teacher thought he was drinking too much water Mm -hmm. because he was trying to keep his mask off. It's like we're losing. And so for a kid that has to affect you because you're being yelled at for this, you know, thing you have to keep on your face. So then you're supposed to then concentrate and listen and learn about what this teacher who's screaming at you constantly about your mask is teaching you. So I guess that's, um, where I was going with that in terms of moving forward socially and how how they're on campus with half their face covered. And I know it's not, a lot of people think it's not a big deal. I don't think it's a huge deal, but I do think it's definitely affecting them and part of that because they also, because they can't, you know, remember in class you used to look and you could mouth to somebody like, whatever, mm-hmm. they can't do that. So they're like sneaking their phones under their desk and texting each other again. It's like bringing on more of this phone scenario that's creating more dopamine kicks in their head and just be, being more of a, an addiction for them.
1: Yeah, I see your point.
0: And, and they're wearing paper flimsy little masks.
1: Yeah, I see your point. I think it's more ridiculous than anything.
0: And so your professional opinion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, professionally, like I said, that's not really a topic of, you know, that comes up with clients is like, we're not talking about the masks. There's like bigger stuff at play. Do I think it influences like some of the bigger things that's going on for them? In a way, I think that, but there, I, I feel like it's a smaller problem than a lot of the other problems that we've been faced with. Yeah. So I, I can see why it's some people's, um, you know, uh, I think it, the fact that it, they, it's been kind of, that they don't really do anything is annoying more than anything because it becomes, uh, you know, why are we jumping through these hoops that are so unnecessary? This is such a ridiculous protocol to keep this up. But in the big scheme of things, I, I feel like it's not my particular battle.
0: Yeah. Okay, well... um We've kind of tapped on all subjects that we wanted to hit. So overall, how do you think our family's doing? (laughs) (laughs) Loaded question. Let's summarize.
1: (laughs) Loaded question. (laughs) Hey, I think we're doing pretty good. I mean, I don't think it's been a cakewalk by any means, but I think we're still married and (laughs) 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 we can still laugh and we can still have some fun. So I think that overall we're doing pretty good. I think we all need this to end you know as a country i think we just need this to end i think we need to start looking at all of the other losses that we've had and i certainly don't mean to sound like the the loss of life has been insignificant of course that's an issue um but we also need to measure what else we could be doing besides just the methods that we've taken of lockdowns uh, masks vaccines there's other ways to battle this and um unfortunately i think those have been uh you know overlooked and i think some of the mental ramifications the emotional ramifications the social ramifications have been greatly underestimated as to how this is just going to pan out for our future generations of kids and you know marriages and um Certainly, uh, there's going to be <laughs> a lot of tax dollars we're going to have to make up for all yeah. the, you know, Pre-masks masks that, that have been supplied Pre- everywhere. Yeah, all the COVID tests. So um I don't know. I'm not. I, I, I don't want to say that I have any of the answers by any means. But this has really changed me personally in like the way that I've um, invested in my like political outlook i feel like uh, i used to be pretty political and i pulled way back from that um, just because i find it so um disempowering and i've felt like for me looking at a national perspective or global perspective has been just very very deflating and so i've put my emphasis and my like just kind of thoughts into local government, local community, what am I seeing around me? what can I be doing around me? what can and just trying to contain my the the bigger picture for myself and that feels really good to me. like I feel like I can live a really happy life just looking at my immediate surroundings and figuring out how to make the world a better place from that perspective. And I've been really, Shut off and kind of disconnected from just the news cycle because I felt like it was becoming such a sham, and I feel like that's what has personally kept me able to stay positive through this, able to get to the other side of it, able to like really um, take each day and strive with my kids and and really focus on them and and try and you know (laughs) be a good wife. That might be suspect right now, but, um, you know, just really trying to stay present and where I'm at. Yeah. Instead of getting caught up in the big machine.
0: Well, it's a good time to be a therapist.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess it is.
0: Well, and I think overall too, just in terms of what, um, to kind of summarize what we've said is I, I think this pandemic, the, there was agendas that were taken and followed and heels dug in on that were unfortunately led to, in my opinion, um, the mass almost like ignoring of what, what the end result would be with our kids because it was so hyper-focused on vaccinating everybody or just, you know, closing all the schools and closing everything. And I, and I feel like we, we, it did affect our family a lot, but again, to, to say what we did, I think like we, we became aware pretty quickly that we felt our personal beliefs were that we needed to focus on the mental state of our kids and try to keep their life as normal as possible at the, you know, at the besiege of some of our family members thinking that we were super spreaders or whatever, but I think it really will pay off in the long run for how we did it. I feel horrible for the families that didn't have those opportunities. I mean, I think about the cities like New York city and I was just like, Holy shit. What, what would they do? But, um, I think we've, it was a struggle, but we're getting through it. And I hope everybody else gets through it and tries to, you know, focus on family. And like you said, it's like, sometimes you can't, you you can only control what you can control. You can't control what you can't control. So, um, I think, Part of that, and not watching the news anymore. I mean, I, th- I don't think we've watched the news in our house for—I don't even know how long—but that helps. <laughs> yeah, it does help. And <laughs> it I think helps keep a positive attitude about life, anyway.
1: For anyone listening, like if you see your kids struggling, I mean, there's resources out there, no matter what your pay grade is, um, and if you don't have the insurance for it, there are free mental health services. There's, uh, you know, a ton of, of information online. Uh, you know, trying to control social media—just those little things that you can do—it makes a huge difference. Getting help, making sure you're trying to get support.
0: Yeah, it's important. Absolutely. And it's—it um, doesn't make you doesn't make you soft if you need help.
1: <laughs> Even though I'm fine. Should I should I, should I, should I remember <laughs> that one so I can throw that back at you? <laughs>
0: All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, honey.
1: Yeah, you're welcome.
0: I know that wasn't your cup of tea, but I appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. All right. Ciao.
1: Ciao.